You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director for Policy Communications, and joining us this week are NCBA's Kent Backus and Danielle Beck. Kent and Danielle, thanks for joining us. All right, Kent, let's start with you. I'm looking at the, our edition of the Wall Street Journal this morning, and the big headline at the top says, Trump, Democrats reach deal on North American trade pact. This, of course, is the U.S.-Mexico-Canada-USMCA agreement that uh, we've been talking about uh, probably more than people <laughs> uh, wanted us to uh, the past couple of years. Um, but, of course, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House yesterday, had a news conference where she announced um, – support for a revised USMCA deal, um, and it looks like there may be a vote coming up next week. What can you tell us about uh, this revised USMCA agreement? Well, as, as you mentioned, with the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, USMCA, NAFTA 2.0, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, this is something that's been in the works for quite a long time. You know, we've been actively engage with our government to make sure that all of those good terms that have benefited the U.S. beef industry under NAFTA continue uh, through this new agreement. Uh, so we know that that'll be the case. Uh, the big thing about this is that, uh, you know, the Democrats weren't big fans of the agreement that was originally negotiated. Uh, there were things that they wanted to see with pharmaceuticals, with labor, with enforcement, uh, some of the environment things. All of these were big pushes that that they wanted to see included. And so there's been ongoing negotiations between the House Democrats and uh, uh, Bob Lighthizer, the uh, trade ambassador, to try to find a path forward. Well, they were able to, to uh, put all that into new text. That text had to be agreed to by both Canada and Mexico as well. So yesterday, while the speaker was having this press conference, our trade negotiator was on a plane to Mexico City uh, to sign a uh, the new text with uh, the Canadians and the Mexicans. And so now we're going forward with the ratification process. Now that will start in the House. <clears throat> and we're hoping that that will start as early as next week. Uh, so the House will have to introduce that bill. It'll come through Ways and Means Committee, and then go to the House floor for consideration. Uh, and then once it's approved there, it'll go to the Senate. The Senate Finance Committee will get its hands on it. Uh, and then the full Senate will vote on this. I think it's important to remember that under Trade Promotion Authority, this is a straight up or down vote. Now, Congress can't amend this. So this long consultation process that's that's been ongoing for months and plus the fact that the text of USMCA has been out there for you know almost a year. And so members of Congress have been able to read this, uh, been able to voice uh, their concerns, raise questions, and then uh, you know all of those concerns have been, have been addressed now. Uh, so we think that this will pass. We think there'll be, there'll be a few people who will still find reasons to oppose it. But by and large, we think this will pass the House. The important thing is that we get it moving. You know, a lot of the hard work's been done but the hardest part's still ahead of us. Trade bills do not pass easily in Congress. They usually pass by a handful of votes. And that's why we need everyone to engage with their members of Congress, with their, with, uh, both in the House and the Senate. We need this vote to happen very soon because with everything else that's in, uh, that's in play, with the spending bills, with impeachment, and all these other things, it's really easy to put USMCA on the back burner. We can't. This has to be a top priority issue. This is something that has to move forward. And we're very confident that once that process starts, 
that it will be successful through the end. So hopefully we can have this wrapped up by the end of the year or if necessary, the beginning of next year. Right. And talk a little bit about this is, I mean, obviously it's important for us to maintain our our duty-free access to Canada and Mexico. Um, but we've been talking about this for a couple of years. This, this uh, breaking this logjam makes it possible for us to move forward on other trade agreements with other countries around the world, right? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, passing the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement sends the message to the rest of the world that we have a unified government, that the executive branch can negotiate and uh, can negotiate in good faith with our trade partners, knowing that Congress will support that decision. This shows that uh, we don't have uh, a, a government at odds with each other, that we have a government that while they may be from different factions, different parties, they are united on trying to advance the U.S. economy. And that sends a message to the rest of the world that the United States is open for business, for U.S. beef producers. That's very important because we need better access to a lot of these other markets. Every single one of our major competitors are out there securing better market access to the same markets that are very good for U.S. beef. So we, ha we have to con continue to focus on opening these markets. And January is going to be a good time for us. We'll have the EU agreement go into effect. We'll have the Japan agreement go into effect. Hopefully we'll have USMCA behind us. But there are other markets we need to focus on, and we need to send that positive message to the rest of the world. All right. Well, that is on the front page of the Wall Street Journal, the USMCA deal. If you flip over uh, to the back page, A17, the op-ed section, um, there's a really great op-ed by Senator Deb Fisher of Nebraska. The headline says, I have a beef with phony meat. Um, and here to tell us about that op-ed and, and, and what Senator Fisher is doing is our fake meat expert, Danielle Beck. Danielle, um, tell us about this op-ed and, and what the news is that Senator Fisher was announcing in the journal today. Yeah, uh, We were really excited to see this op-ed. Uh, it's nice to know that I'm not the only person who has a beef with fake meat. Uh, no, Senator Fisher is a, an excellent ally to the beef industry along with you know our our members in the House of Representatives, uh, you know shortly after the the real meat introduction in the House, Senator Fisher's office reached out wanting to be helpful, wanting to introduce companion legislation in the Senate, uh, and we believe that that legislation will be dropping uh, any minute now, or by the time you're listening to this, the legislation will have already dropped in the Senate today. Okay, and tell us a little bit about what it, the the bill is called, the Real Meat Act which is the same title as the House bill. Um, tell us what the bill would do specifically. Yeah. The bill accomplishes three really important goals. First, it, uh, it codifies a definition of beef for labeling purposes, essentially creating a standard of identity for beef. Um, the second is that it, it reinforces the misbranding provisions under existing law to ensure that fake meat products can't label their their packaging uh, and market their products in a way that's misleading to consumers. Uh, and last but certainly not least, it should address some of the resource constraints issues we know currently exist in the federal government by allowing USDA to take enforcement action if FDA uh, for some reason isn't able to, if and when they do make the determination that a, an imitation fake meat product is misbranded. Okay, so what's the outlook on this? I know that you know, we now have House legislation and Senate legislation. Um, is there a vehicle that we might be able to, you know, get this legislation attached to? Yeah. 
Uh, well, as Kent mentioned, there is uh, quite a lot happening in Congress right now. Uh, a bunch of priorities moving, USMCA being, you know, first and foremost when it comes to votes in either chamber. Uh, you know, at this point in time, we're focused on really ensuring that this is a strong bipartisan effort and growing our list of co-sponsors. And so uh, if you're listening and you're a producer, please call your member of Congress and encourage them to co-sponsor H.R. 4881. Uh, and then the Senate companion legislation that we're still waiting on a bill number for. All right. Everybody's got their marching orders. I know it's a very busy time of year, but please contact your elected officials on the House side and on the Senate side. Um, urge them to uh, get the USMCA deal done as soon as possible and urge them to co-sponsor the Real Meat Act of 2019. Kent, Danielle, thanks a lot for joining me. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.